Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 181 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined today by the one, the only, Bama Shocks. How you doing, Bama? I'm doing outstanding, Joe. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, <laughs> we've talked about a couple times. I can't believe that we haven't had you on the show before because uh, it's been a while, but I think it was just 2020 was pretty much guestless, so I'm glad we could finally get you on. Uh, this is actually the first podcast I've been on outside of As the Dice Rolls since I joined the network. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, like I said, I think I think I said it on this podcast. Um, I was sick in spring, and in the two months that I was like, you know, recovering, I came back and like we had a, a newsletter, <laughs> we had all these new streamers and podcasters. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> Growth. But yes, but we're glad to have you, and and uh, I'm oh, excited I'm, to I'm, talk to you. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here, Joe. Yeah, because we've we've had uh, a little bit of time to chit chat while we've been recording as the dice roll, but that's really been about it. And then we're not playing ourselves, <laughs> right? Like so. So at this point, I have to imagine your 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 output on me is, oh my god, this guy's a douche. <laughs> no, not at all. Because what people don't see behind the scenes is you. <laughs> um, uh, what's the word worrying about how you're coming off in character, <laughs> even like you're doing your character authentically to the character. Um, but Hey, let's get started. So everybody else knows who you are. Cause I, I know a little bit. So who okay. are you? I, I am Bama shocks. I am a married father of three from the great state of Alabama. I am a state licensed master electrician. So that's kind of my day gig. I have been in content creation for going on four years. Primarily it has been in the, you know, live streaming, whether it be video games, Dungeons and Dragons, any of that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Did you, do you have like a, like what got you into the streaming in the first place? Was it the video games or was it? Nope. Interestingly, interestingly enough, um, once I left the company where I got my master's license, I was, I went out on my own and I was working alone so much. Then I turned to podcasts for, you know, just, you know, someone to listen to and talk to all day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the, one of the first ones I stumbled upon was the X one bros up, it, a bunch of great guys that are all about positivity and gaming. So nice. uh, I'll move them to my shout out later. Um, and I listened to one of the episodes and they started talking about how they started streaming the podcast live over on Mixer. And I'm like, huh, let's go check this out. And I found out that I could, I could watch Mixer through my Xbox. And then I realized I could broadcast directly from the Xbox. So for, you know, several months, I just tinkered around on it, <clears throat> doing the direct thing, you know, no overlays, no camera, just game footage in my audio. And in February of 2018, God, it seems like so long ago. Really I, I I took the plunge and I and I, I dropped about three grand on equipment, you know, microphone, PC, second monitor, and all this cameras, lighting, all this kinds of stuff. And 
that's where the journey really began. And in October of that year, I became a paid partner on Mixer. Nice. Fast forward to February of 2020, they announced that they were closing their doors. And I was just like, holy crap, this has been a part of my life for the better part of three years. And now I have no idea what I'm going to do. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you know, Mixer was always the, you know, large lake versus the ocean that was Twitch and YouTube. Right. Right. I mean, the funniest part about it was Mixer had success. Like the, the, the quarter where they announced they were going to close, they had their most growth ever. So nobody, nobody out here in the real world actually knows why they closed. So hmm. yeah, it was crazy. It wasn't like they were struggling, mm-hmm. but, and so I, I transitioned over to Twitch and during the transition, I went from primarily video games is when, is when I jumped into live plays with Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. So, and, and what we experienced with that coming from Mixer to Twitch is the concurrent viewership basically bottomed out because mm-hmm. when mixer split all of the streamers and viewers split in different directions. Cause a lot of people have hate against Twitch and a lot of people have mm-hmm. hate against Facebook gaming and YouTube. So they're scattered all over. That's frustrating. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Um, mixer was uh, a lot more community driven mm-hmm. where Twitch and YouTube are more content creator driven. Like, you know, me, 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 me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, we're glad to have you with us because you know we, we also are <laughs> community driven. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a perfect match for for the network, and we're we're glad that you're here. Um, what are your areas of geekitude? What are your? I mean, you've mentioned gaming and D and D, but what are what are the things that you love to indulge in that are geeky? Um, I am. Big on like uh, trying to just hem down, you know, what I'm really geeking about. Like I've struggled with that. Like I'm, I'm, I play a lot of video games, but I'm not the guy who plays every video game or Mm -hmm. specific genres. Like really the things that I really geek out about. Well, bass fishing is one of them. Mm-hmm. I love what I love TVs and movies and it ranges everything from, you know, comedies to superheroes to action flicks. And when it comes to books, I'm all about the preternatural fiction, you know, vampires, werewolves, zombies kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not just any of those. It has to have a good story behind it. That's that's stuff I've been reading for, gosh, 30 years. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's funny because <laughs> I'm I'm a, a bit of a, a zombie snob because there's so much zombie stuff out there now because of the big zombie boom um, mm-hmm. around Walking Dead, and and the fact of the matter is is if it's not like good social commentary, <laughs> it's not oh, a good right, zombie right, book. Right. <laughs> Um, as far as that goes, an ongoing novel series I have literally been reading for over 20 years is the Anita Blake series. She is a, when she starts off, she is a human with necromantic abilities, 
which makes her really good at raising the dead. You know, basically she works for a company that raises the dead to, you know, check out the accuracy of wills, um, figure out, you know, who murdered them kind of thing. And it, Mm over 20 years it has evolved into this large thing where like half the half of the new book nowadays seems like it's okay it is reminding everybody the who's and why's and how we got here kind of thing it's it's definitely traveled a long way that's awesome i'm gonna have to check that out because it's been a while since i've gotten a book good book series under my belt good good that's a good one nice um, where do you feel like your areas of detitude are low places where you step out of the conversation? Cause it's not your jam. Um, I don't necessarily step out of the conversation with comics because I love, love, love the, the characters and the stories, mm-hmm. but I did not grow up around people who read comics. So reading mm-hmm. comics was never a thing for me. You know, most of my uh, character introduction was the 90, the eighties and nineties cartoons, you know, the X-Men, Batman, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, all of that, you know, and you get more of it in video games and then, you know, all the Spider-Man movies that have come out in the last 20 years, you know, and now we've got the MCU, the DCEU, and like I wish I could go back to then and start reading comics. Right, it, it's obviously too late to start, you know, absorb it naturally. Right. Yeah. No. It, it's long, but both both franchises are long and and complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unnecessarily so. Sometimes it's so funny that you brought up eighties and nineties cartoons because it was just this morning getting my my coffee. And I was like, Saturday, or the, well, I guess it's Sunday today, but I was like, I miss Saturday morning cartoons. And I wonder if you can, like, trace the, the, the fall of modern society to the lack of Saturday morning cartoons. I think that's one of those, like, false correlations that I am perfectly happy with. Life as we know it ended when cartoons were available 24-7. Exactly. Downfall of society <laughs> right there. Right there. Like, there's no appointment television on Saturday. Because I know gr- growing up, it was all about, like, camping out in front of the television Saturday morning. Camp. Oh, absolutely. And and don't forget, you know, as soon as you got out of school, there was always, you know, that two-hour block before primetime where you could hit a mm-hmm. cartoon, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then um, my, my favorite, which they started stopped doing, I'd say, in probably the mid-'90s. But I loved in, like, September, but, like, the week school started – Friday night, they would announce all the brand new cartoon series and they'd have like some sort of primetime special mm-hmm. that would be like, so this is what's coming up this weekend. And you'd like, I remember sitting down with the the TV guide and like trying to plot out which cartoons I was going to watch. The TV guide. <laughs> Those were the days. Um, we're old. <laughs> yeah. So what was your go-to cartoon? God, there's so many that I enjoyed, but I think anytime I think Saturday morning cartoons, I go to Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. Oh, that was so good. I you love Muppet Babies. I haven't but, listened to it, but have you heard um, the podcast um, uh, Skeeterial? Uh-uh. It is a podcast where they go episode from episode in um, Muppet Babies trying to figure out clues onto why you never see Skeeter in anything ever again. And they're all pretty sure that if she's not dead, she's a prisoner somewhere. 
Oh my and, and so the conceit of the of the the show is them like basically doing a an episode review, but coming up with all these conspiracy theories as hilarious. It's just ridiculousness. It's just wow. ridiculousness. Like they 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 break into like furious fits of laughter, but it doesn't fit the mood of what they're trying to go go with at all. So they try and turn it into crying. It's just ridiculous. That's crazy. If I had to pick my favorite childhood cartoon, it, it would have to be the Ninja Turtles and the Transformers. They were both running neck and neck in my childhood. Transformers were pretty high up there for me. Oh. Um, Ninja Turtles were a little later in my um, my childhood. That was more my brother's big thing. I know he had every t- Ninja Turtle toy you could think of. Um, but they, I was a little older when those came out, so I followed it, but not as closely as I did some of the other stuff. Yeah, that, that has been, that has been on my radar for the longest time. Matter of fact, the first Ninja Turtle movie released in 89 is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Did you, did you see the latest one? Was it any good? I enjoyed it. Um, it, it, you know, it's the whole Michael Bay does the Ninja Turtles, but uh-huh, both, uh-huh. both of the newer versions of them, I, I think they pay good homage to the the originals, but they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How funny. Man, we could do an entire episode just with... <laughs> yep. Bama, we're having you on the show again. We're going to do an entire episode of old classic 80s cartoons. So, yeah, you know, the next time a Transformer movie's coming out, Ninja Turtles coming out, I got you, fam. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Do you have a favorite fandom? I guess it's Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm I'm not one of these collectors that collects a whole bunch of things, but Mm -hmm. I do have a few things around my room. I have a ceramic piggy bank of Raphael. Nice. Like it literally looks like just the regular ceramic pig, but he's painted to look like Raphael. Oh, how funny. I got a poster from the original movie hanging up and even picked up a uh, collector's edition that had both movies and it had four um, miniature figures that are pretty, pretty realistic. So, Oh, wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love little stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I have a, a very non geeky husband who, who would prefer that stuff not be displayed, but I'm slowly <laughs> letting it creep into our life. <laughs> yeah. If you buy it, you got to display it. Otherwise why buy it? Exactly. Exactly. And I haven't made a lot of um, new purchases in a while, but like, like my, my mom's been cleaning out a, um, the garage and she found a Lego box that had all the my uh, old DC hero figures in it. Oh, wow. Like the 80s. Um, so I've got them in a box here, and I'm trying to figure out where in the, in the room they're going to get displayed. I have been promised bookshelves soon, so I think that will be one of the first things that goes up there. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, what is something that you think um, others need to know about because it's just a very cool geeky thing, but it's just not popular yet, hasn't caught on? Ooh, I've I've never I, I would never say I've been on the cutting edge of anything. Um, ooh, interesting. Um, 
something. No, I, I'm kind of a retro guy. Like, like I said, Ninja Turtles, you know, older stuff that mm-hmm. everybody's known about forever. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I didn't know about the, um, the book series you were talking about. Yeah, but it's such, oh, well, yeah, the, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I would say Anita Blake, if you'd like to read novels, if you like vampires, if you like werewolves, if you like to see an occasional zombie, or if you just like to see the empowerment of a badass five foot tall chick, yeah, check it out. The author is Laurel K. Hamilton. There is literally 27 books in the series at this point. Wow. wow. Oh, yes. You're talking tens of thousands of pages now. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. so good. Because I know I, I, it sounds a little bit in line with uh, the Dresden Files, and those are quite a yes. few of those books. But he hasn't been putting out stuff for a while. If if you enjoy Dresden, and you want a female protagonist, yeah, Anita Blake is definitely the trick. Like, if you believe in female empowerment, she is the epitome of badassery. That's very cool. Written um, written by a woman who knows what it's like to be a smaller woman and deal with, you know, women, the the female struggle coming up. So, I mean, yeah, she, she's really, really talented as well. Well, very cool. Um, <laughs> you have a lot of projects. You have more projects than I, go, I have, and I've got a lot of projects. What are you working on right now? What are the things you're involved in? Okay, we'll start small. Um, I am one of a group of broadcasters that does um, Madden live casting. Basically, we have a PvP league, and if a PvP league is able to fall into our broadcast times on Wednesday or Saturday, we will do a live broadcast of it. Basically, they play the game, they stream it to Twitch, we commentate over it on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Live. Um and, you know, we've got Brian Langell, who is the guy who created the league. He also does the full production of it from overlays to pop-ups. He manages the chat as well as the video feed. So, I mean, it, it's a whole thing. Oh, I forgot to tell you, he also does the website, which is every stat of every game of every player we've ever done. Oh, wow. Oh, he, he is a stats junkie. That's awesome. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like we're just gonna create like that all that 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 uh, uh, all that prime time football. Forget about that. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so much more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, it's down home and personal. It's you know everybody in the community knows each other. We share a Discord together. We talk all the time. We we play other games together. So I mean, it, it, it's a whole large community thing. Um, and that's a small project. Um, as for what I'm really, really working on right now is I have spent entirely too much time inside the past three years with streaming and everything. I've spent most of my spare time at my desk uh-huh. and oh, wrong time of the year to do it. But in, in the late fall, I got bit by the bass fishing bug and I'm I have rebranded my YouTube channel, which was previously for Dungeons and Dragons and gaming and stuff like that. I have rebranding it to a fishing channel with, you know, videos to come. So that's taking up my free time is just going out alone in nature, fishing, enjoying the nice cold weather we're having right now and, you know, trying to produce content there. That's awesome. Is there anything that sets bass fishing apart from 
other types of fishing or is it just the type of fish you're catching? Uh, bass fishing is, is a, is a sport type fishing because it is bass are very finicky creatures. And if you don't use the right bait at the right time, at the right location, you get nothing. Um, oh. You know, th- this time of year is real tough for them. They're real lethargic and they just kind of chill where they're at. And if you can't find them, you don't get them, you know, whereas in the spring they're bedding, they're up on the bank. You can find them a lot easier. So, yeah, and basically, you know, other, other types of um, shore fishing, you know, if you're looking for brim or catfish or carp or any of that kind of thing, you basically pick a bait, you just throw it out there and leave it and, you know, something to bite it eventually. Bass fishing, you, you almost have to hunt them. How funny. Yeah, I mean, because I've, I've gone fishing before and, and it's kind of like, well, we're just going to cast our, our lines and see what we get. But I've never... I didn't realize that there were types where you're actually kind of <laughs> hunting the fish. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and what, what got, what bit you, how, how did you get involved in this? The, this is the strangest thing. So I like, I've literally been fishing since I was just a wee toddler. Like it, it's been part of my life growing up. You know, that's, that's what me and my dad did together. You know, any evening where he didn't work too hard and he wanted to go hang out by the Creek, uh, we'd spend weekends at the lake and, but I'd let that, you know, lag off as an adult, you know, video games are easier. D and D's easier, you know? And, but I was, uh, I was playing an Xbox game called fishing planet where it is as realistic as you're going to get fishing in the real world locations. You know, you can fish for anything that's out there. And, I was watching some videos on YouTube, probably how to do something or how to catch a certain type of fish in a certain location. And in my recommended videos popped up some, some live fishing. I was like, huh, mm-hmm. what is this about? And I look up three days later and I'm like, my eyes have bags and I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? I haven't bass fished in 20 years. You know, and I'm just like, all right, that's what I want to do. So I just started, you know, changing the fishing gear I had and, you know, leaned more towards bass fishing. And I have in the past three months, I have hit the water probably 30, 40, 50 times. Uh, it's probably been an hour here, you know, on a lunch break or before work or after work, depending on how my schedule was going. Uh, I took the wife out several weekends and even took the kids out a couple of times this year uh, or last year. And it's, it's just a great activity to get out of the house and you still don't have to worry about social distancing because nobody's near you. Right, right, right. Which is, I was kind of thinking, like, we go hiking. I feel like there's a lot of... Right. <laughs> the thing that bothers me the most, I mean, I'm going to get semi-political here for a second. The thing that bothers me the most about this whole quarantine and people not doing it because they just can't do it anymore. So you do realize that if you just think about the basics of how viruses travel. Um, There are like a lot of different things you can do. It might not be the stuff you're used to doing, but there's a lot of stuff you can do. That's not going to expose you. Well, that's what that's like you and Matt with the drive-in movies. I mean, I love a good drive-in movie. No, obviously the video quality is not great, but you get the intimate experience where you're not having to deal with a hundred people's cell phones going off. You don't have to deal with people on top of you. It's great. 
Yeah, and there's so many different things you can do. It's like, stop going out. Like, figure out something else to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, that's awesome. It's cool that, that you found that. Are you – okay, so this is, a, this is a question. Are you like me where you fall into something and you geek about that hard for a set amount of time and then after a while something else shiny catches you and then you geek hard about that for a while? Or do you I, I literally, never let go of them? I literally thought I was the only person like that, so – that's what I was. Uh, that was kind of the thing I had coming into today was, I finally realized I am that type of person. Now I never mm-hmm. fully let go of the thing, but I'll come into it and I will hit it hard for six months to a year, mm-hmm. and then it'll peter off, and I'll just do it part time. You know, like um, when I first found D and D in the spring of 2019, I always knew about it, but I'd never had the opportunity to play. I was I was the Magic the Gathering kid in high school mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I didn't care about D. but i got introduced to dnd like, okay yeah i'll check it out and within within a month i was dming three campaigns mm-hmm. weekly <laughs> i feel that i feel that where you're just like all of a sudden that's all you do <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like yeah. you go from zero to 60 um, often zero to 80. <laughs> and then after like six months, you're like, Oh look, a new shiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which yeah, as you can tell couple- is, is bass fishing. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple friends that are like that. And we, you know, I, I have one friend who's, who she, she's a, a big collector. And so what she'll do is she'll collect for, you know, six months to a year. And then she'll be like, all right, I have accomplished that collection. And then she'll sell it off and she'll collect something else. Oh, that's even more finite of an, uh, an addiction type thing. Like, I'm going to collect all the Beanie Babies. Okay, I'm done with them. Yeah, it's it's so funny. And and so the I, uh, her latest thing she's into is she's like, okay, so I'm putting all these rules in the place. Like, I can't buy more until i get rid of more and so she's got all this <laughs> she's got this strategy she goes because i'm spending too much money and this will slow me down <laughs> uh gotta love the geek life okay. well that's cool what what else so we got bash fishing we've got the um we've got madden what else i am still maintaining dungeons and dragons uh two of my campaigns are on hiatus one of them was the one i decided to do tuesday evenings last year i took up the new job and was re- i'm running an electrical department and tuesdays i could no longer commit to 6 30 in the evening because i didn't know when i was getting home so that one's been on hiatus for months gotcha our sunday campaign which is near the end of the active module but we've got one of our primary characters who has is displaced she's moving mm-hmm. and they're building a house and the house won't be ready until you know i think it's about three weeks from now and then she'll be settled into her house right now she's staying with her in-laws so i mean it's not it's not easy for her to jump on for three or four hours and do a session so we're, we're kind of on hold with that one but we did get through the holidays and relaunched our saturday campaign last night we had a blast well that's awesome and do you have a special type of um, genre within? Because I know you do D and D, but do you have a, a world you particularly like or a style you particularly like? 
Um, honestly, I prefer anything that takes place in the Sword Coast region. Um, we started with just the uh, Lost Mind of Thandiver module that comes mm-hmm. with the starter kit. And we have, we're now doing um, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden on Saturdays. Sunday is Tomb of Annihilation, which is not quite Sword Coast, but it's in the same time frame. And mm-hmm. then Tuesday night campaign is the uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. So, okay. Um, and you you tend to do do you do homebrews or do you mostly do modules? So, working full time, you know, doing my obligations with TPC Sports as well as trying to create original content. I prefer pre-made modules because I can throw some flavor at them. I can throw some twist into them without having to invest so much time every week. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I've got a question for you. Have you ever heard of the world's largest dungeon? No. Okay. So (laughs) not that either of us need any projects, but if you ever want to do a joint project on, um, on a, a game for D D, there is a module out there. It's one of those generic modules that came out when D twenty was a whole thing, where it was mm-hmm. just you know you could just plug and play in any system. And it is like this giant. They basically went through the monster manual and they're like, how can we put every creature in this into the same dungeon? Oh my! And it's like hundreds of pages long. Oh, I'm, jo- I'm jotting that down now. Yeah, they've got the world's biggest city and the world's biggest dungeon, but the world's biggest dungeon is what came first. And the idea is is that you go in and you're you have to be prepared to be in there for the long haul because there's no going back to town. There's no hearthing back home. <laughs> there is so only like is going in type, and you're going in for a long time. Is it the type of thing where you're going in starting at level one or are you trying to go in as a max character and see if you can survive? No, I think you go in as level one and you're supposed to progress as you go deeper into the the dungeon. Mm-hmm. But I think the rule you're supposed to play by is that when your character dies, that's it for the character. Mm-hmm. And if you have a total party wipe, it means everybody has to basically go out and come in as new characters and you eventually find your old bodies and pick up where they left off. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts, and I I've never like there is a group that did it as a podcast, but I've never gotten through it because it's the audio quality isn't great at the beginning. I don't know if it gets any better as it goes, mm-hmm. but it just seems like a ridiculous thing to do to like. All right, we're just gonna sit down, <laughs> we're gonna try to do this dungeon as a group and see how far we get. Well, what I can tell you, like I said, our Sunday group is about to wrap up a module. So, I mean, it's, I mean, if we look into it, it's not something too crazy. Maybe we could look into it. Yeah, it's something to look into. Just, I mean, it sounds like it's something that you kind of like put all your other, you, you put your stuff on hold and you say, we're going to do this and then we'll maybe like take a break and go back to our regular stuff. I don't know that it's something that a lot of groups can just be like, all right, <laughs> this is what we are going to dedicate ourselves to. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I've, I've send you built, yeah, At this point, I've built a community of people who have never played D&D. The campaign they're in is the first one they've ever done. And I also have one young lady, Sakura, who you might have met, seen over in the geek to geek uh, Discord. She has been playing this game about her whole life, and she's our age, so... That's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. See, I wish I had that growing up because I really do enjoy it. I didn't get into um, games until tabletop games until I was in college, and then I was doing was doing it in, in AOL chat rooms. <laughs> um, we had a, a, a Marvel superheroes campaign going on in uh, uh, AOL chat rooms. When you know, <laughs> I'm at my parents' house. I'm like, nope, sorry, <laughs> no phone calls for the next three hours. I'm playing a game. <laughs> oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, is that it, or do you have more stuff that I'm working on? Um, yeah. Well, I'm working 40 hours a week. Um, well, let me say 40 minimum. And um, I think that's everything I have actively going. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, nope, it's, of- it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So the first campaign of D&D I got involved in is my Friday night group, which is 100% private, but I have recorded almost every episode for us if they ever decide to release it or something. And um, it is 1000% homebrew. That's awesome. I love and homebrews. I think they're fun. I don't know. He... I don't know what got in his mind. He wanted to just start with a homebrew. This is, as far as I know, this is the first campaign he has DM'd, but he's mm-hmm. DMing it for two different groups. He's DMing it for us through Discord. And well, prior to um, quarantine, he was doing it at his local shop with his, his friends and stuff. So it was interesting to hear the different choices they made versus what we made. It's so crazy, isn't it? How like one story can go off in so many different directions if you play with different people. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes even when you play, like, I don't know how many people have ever played a a module through multiple times with different characters, but even then, like, well, we've already done this, so let's see what happens if we do that. It's kind of well, fun. Well, I can tell you this. Sakura is playing through Rime of the Frostmaiden with us and another group. Mm-hmm. And since we took hiatus, they're way further than us. So if I hit a spot where I don't remember what's supposed to happen, she'd be like, oh, well, this is, I'm like, you know too much. You know way too much. Uh, Somebody's gaming the system. (laughs) No, but but she doesn't spoil it for anybody, which, which I I have to appreciate. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, it's just, I love the storytelling part of it. And then you're, you're part of our crew on, uh, on the cautious optimism. Oh, I, I, didn't know I had to mention that. I'm so sorry. Yes, that is a that's another large project I'm working on. Bi-weekly, we are recording Cautious Optimism for As the Dice Roll, and uh, I am not a sci-fi person. Like I've I've seen most of the Star Wars movie. Oh, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, most of Star Trek, but I never really got pulled into either one of them. I appreciate them for the craft they are, but they're good. I'm good, you know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a different genre for me too. I I enjoy sci-fi, but not always. Um, it's not always the top of my list of of geeky things. But one of the things that I, I'm very glad that we decided to start early and have a lot of content to put out because it takes off some of the pressure on me to mm-hmm. to edit it at all. But then the idea that yesterday's session is not going to go out for months 
makes me very sad because I don't think I've laughed so hard in a very, very long time. It was so good. Well, see, I think part of the reasoning behind that is if something happens and our schedule gets messed up, we have something to fall back on. We don't have to scramble to put something out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's been really nice. And if, you know, if Todd needs to take hiatus or something, we, we've got plenty of padding, but but yeah, then, then you know that this thing happened and you can't tell anybody about it because you don't want to spoil anything. Oh, but so we don't, we don't want to tell them we crashed the ship. I mean, just yeah, just everybody kidding, did. Just <laughs> yeah, we're on our third character now. Yeah. I think he goes, he goes quick. I have, I have never seen, I don't think I've ever played a game where <laughs> we are so conflict avoided. <laughs> It's like, how yeah. can you get out of this without doing any damage to anything? <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, so Hank, my character, is is avoiding a conflict that I, I see is coming, but so far I've been able to avoid it. But there is going to... there's gonna It's going to hit a point where there's a catalyst, and I think it's going to get quite colorful for Hank. <laughs> they're, they're fun characters. It's just a weird... It's a weird universe that we are navigating, and I, I love it. I think uh, it's like yeah. Todd is very, very creative. He he is crafting it like no one I've ever seen, and we we shall wait to see if it's something epic or if it ends up flopping. We don't know yet. It looks good so far, though. Yeah, so far so good. Well, we're almost about forty minutes in. Should we take a break and come back and do our weekly geekery and and anything else we feel like chatting about? That sounds outstanding. Let's hear about Keanu. Oh, yes. (laughs) We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, we are back, and we're going to do some weekly geekery. Usually we do it before the break, but I thought, yeah, let's switch things up a little bit today. Um, I have been doing a lot of editing. <laughs> I've been doing Mad a lot of editing. Two live play uh, D&D and GURP sessions, you know, one every week. There's a lot of editing to do. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit. But it's been fun. It's It's crazy because, again, they've – there are campaigns that have been, I mean, there are episodes that have been recorded months ago. And so it's fun to go back and go, oh, yeah, I forgot we did that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been fun. And it's been fun to kind of, it's very creative editing. Like, I think one of the things I didn't like about extensively editing Geektitude was it's not fun editing. It's just kind of taking things out that don't sound right or fixing things that don't sound right where this, you're actually kind of like, okay, well, that was an important thing, but he talked over her. So let's move this over there so that, you know, 
and adding music here. And so it's kind of fun to be able to be a little creative with it. Yeah. So been doing that um, because I'm about to run a monster of the week campaign with people. Um, and one of those people is my husband, which would be very interesting because he is not a gamer in any way, shape or form. Um, we, we've been watching a little bit of supernatural to kind of get him interested in the genre. Okay. So that's been kind of fun. I have, I only made it to season five. I don't know if you've ever been a, a supernatural fan. I have dipped my toe in at different points. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's just not mine. Yeah. So we were working on that. We were, um, I, I, he has not proposed that we watch it again. So I don't know how much, uh, more mileage I'm going to get out of that one, but you know, we gave it a try. Um, we downed some bosses in wow, which was fun. You just started recently playing a little bit of wow. Yeah. Uh, and I've already fallen off of it. <laughs> it's not for everybody. It's not, it was not shiny enough for me. Yeah, no, it's, and I think it's, it's particularly hard to get into it now when it's so far into the story. Like there's no story to kind of pull you along. No, it, it feels a lot of, it's like a lot of quests to just get you to the end point, to get you to the modern content. And I'm just, I've never been about that grind. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, right now I've hit, I've hit end game. And so obviously we're rating, but I should be going, if I was, if I was being a good player, I should be going in every day, doing my dailies, doing my side quests, getting my gear up, doing dungeon. Like it's just too much when you have a full-time job and as many geeky hobbies as I have, like I just can't. And so I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a guild that's like, all right, you know, we're very casual. Let's do what we can. And if you're not at top gear level, when we go in, it's fine. That's why we go in. We'll get, we'll get loot there. Um, so that's been nice because I can kind of log in my two or three times a week and that's all I really need to do. And then I think it's going to keep me playing this expansion a lot longer than some of the other ones where I'll like fall off for a month or two and then come back in when new stuff's released. Uh, so we got to that. Um, and then both of us have one division on our, on our list and Ray would be really upset at me if I talked about it in any sense, but I do think we can get first impressions. What do you think? Slow. Yes. (laughs) I do like, I'll keep it brief and simple. I do not know where they're going and I don't know if they're going to ramp up enough in episode three to get me to where I care. That's what I'm worried about. I, I hear that. I know Matt has already been like, why, why are we watching this? <laughs> this is not, <laughs> this is not good. Um, I I kind of see where they're going with a little bit. And I, I spent a little bit of time last night before I, I, I take my iPad pad to bed and watch videos before I go to bed to, to kind of just detox from the day. And so I was going down the the Marvel analysis rabbit hole that you can do mm-hmm. on YouTube where they tell you all the little Easter eggs that you missed and things that you didn't. And if you look at it, they are actually putting in a lot of stuff that makes sense and that is, um, you know, drives the story and a little clues to what's happening. But you have to be really watching it in a different way than I think most people are going to watch yeah, you, you almost have to watch it in an analytical way and not an entertainment way. Right. 
and I, I picked up on some of that, but I, j- I just don't know. Uh, Cause what, I mean, this is really how I feel about it. I think they're going to have to ramp things up quick because there's only seven episodes left. Right. And so if, uh, yeah, if they don't start getting into the, the meat and potatoes of it, then it suggests there might not be a lot of meat and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have, we'll have a third episode under our belt when we review it next week. And so hopefully that'll be, that'll be helpful. How about you? What have you been working on this week? Um, I have, I have dabbled in final fantasy over the years. The only one I ever played to completion was 10 dabbled in seven and dabbled in 15. And that's kind of been my experience with it. But I realized that square Enix has apparently jumped on the Xbox game pass bandwagon. So I downloaded final fantasy nine and I've put in two or three hours. So I'm actually kind of enjoying that. Going to get back into that some this week. Um, I have furthered my researching YouTube fishing and kind of what works, you know, you know, what, what kind of videos are getting views, that type of thing. I have, I'm actively window shopping GoPros and yeah, I think I've come, come to what I'm going to do there. Um, and me and the wife have, we watched man of steel when it first came to DVD and streaming services. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the only DCEU I've done was Madison. Oh, wow. So over the past week or two, we jumped in, we watched wonder woman, wonder woman, 84, um, justice league. And of course, Batman V Superman. And what do you think? <laughs> I will say that I am not nearly as critical as you and Ray. I was able to enjoy them for what they are. Okay. And left them alone. I mean, okay. I, I will say I'm not real excited to watch Aquaman because he's a, he's always been a cursory character to me. Like mm-hmm. I've never I don't know anything about him other than he talks to fish. Yeah, I I have to say I'm I I went into it kind of the same situation. Knew a little bit about him, but you know he's the fish talking guy, and I know he gets made fun of quite a bit in the comic book community. Um, it's a fun it's a fun movie. It's one of the more fun. DC okay, movies good, out there. Good. So yeah, I think yeah, look f- look forward to it as being something that is not going to take a lot of like you can just enjoy it and the craziness and not analyze it too much. Yeah, I will I will say that I, I enjoyed Momoa playing him mm-hmm. in uh Justice League. So I mean I think I think he'll bring a fun factor to it. I never pictured Aquaman as a jock. I always pictured him more of a geek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Momoa does bring that jock feeling to him so i I think it'll be good yeah no i think he's he was was an interesting choice (laughs) i think you needed to make that choice to make that character kind of interesting but i you know i don't know if we have any listeners that are like no really if you if you dive into aquaman it's a really cool character i have never heard anybody say that but well (laughs) i actually I, i actually know a guy that i did some electrical work for this past year that has his spare bathroom in the basement is 100% Aquaman from figures to wall painting or not wall paintings, but uh, the wall is themed in Aquaman. And I'm just like, I knew there was one out there. I just didn't know. <laughs> He's actually Matt's. I mean, for as much as for as much investment as Matt will put into things like this, he's mm-hmm. Matt's favorite character because okay. he talks to fish and he thinks that's cool. <laughs> It, it doesn't hurt that Momo is pretty good looking. 
Yes, yes, that is that is <laughs> definitely true. Yeah, he likes him, and he likes the Fantastic Four. And I'm like, wow, you just have had a dearth of material <laughs> to be excited about. Just imagine when they put out a good Fantastic Four, how he's going to Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so looking forward to it. Well, very cool. I'm glad you're able to enjoy those. That's neat. Yeah, we touched on everything else I've done. You know, we like I said, we jumped back into Rhyme of the Frost Maiden last night, had fun with that. It was nice getting back to the getting back into the swing of streaming a bit. Um so yeah. Is streaming hard? Do you find it to be difficult to, or or did you find it to be difficult when you started? Oh, when I started? Mm-hmm. No, because literally I just turned on my Xbox and hit the go, hit the broadcast button and went. Mm-hmm. It was when I started having interaction with chat and trying to play a game while interacting with chat. And I'll tell you, DMing Dungeons and Dragons, it is literally impossible to keep up with the story where the players are on the map in Roll20 and chat. Chat is, is a non-factor with D&D, which breaks my heart because I, I love interacting with chat. Right. But that's the that's the hardest part for you is the chat is keeping up with that and doing whatever you're uh, doing at D and D yes but um as far as streaming itself the hard part is keeping your technology talking to each other the way it's supposed to um <laughs> it is not uncommon for a streamer to test everything ahead of time hit go live and something not work I feel that I feel whether, that wh- wh- whether it be game audio mic audio. Uh, camera glitching out um games crashing i mean just all kinds of things you have to deal with servers being down yeah i mean (laughs) we just when we started recording like literally i've not changed my setup since we recorded yesterday and and we had problems so yeah i can't imagine when you add video components into it and I know how hard it was when I was like, cause back in the day before Zencaster, we would have to use Skype mm-hmm. and Skype was, yeah, just right there. And that's just bad enough, but then Skype doesn't record, or at least it didn't back then. And so you had to get a third party um, software to record. And I still have an episode that I've lost <laughs> that is just totally destroyed. And I, I could try and edit it, but it's kind of beyond any help. And it was a really good interview with somebody that I'm never going to be able to interview again. Oh no. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even one of those where it's like, Oh yeah, me and, and Ray, we talked about, you know, movie for a while and we can always go back and it won't be the same, but at least we can get the content out there. No, it was this person who literally said, I have an hour of time to give you and this is it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And technology failed you. And technology failed me. So I, I feel that. And I feel that. And um, how much time does it take? Because you, you, we were talking about this a little bit over over the break. You were talking about um, you use mostly D&D modules to run your games. And how much prep does that take? Um, it, really, with modules, your primary prep time is at the beginning before you ever launch it because you got to kind of know what your starting point is and what not to jump over because the way they're laid out in Roll20 is kind of a chapter-by-chapter chapter checklist. Mm-hmm. And in, inside each one of them is if they do this, if they do that, if they do this, if they do that. And I won't, I can't tell you how many times I have either 
overlooked something they were supposed to do to get the right answers to find the problem or approached an enemy the wrong way. Because I can tell you something that almost ended at uh, something that almost caused a uh, total player kill TPK Mm -hmm. was they encountered a, a mind flayer in a dungeon at like level two. He was supposed to run away. I missed that line of he runs away and it almost <laughs> got them all killed. But somehow they able, were able to pull it out of their tails and killed it. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of experience out of it. That's that's kind of awesome. Um, but, but then that also created the situation where he couldn't pop back up later where he's supposed to. <laughs> Did you just make that a henchman? <laughs> yeah, we just glossed over it and moved on. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, mind flayers are kind of crazy. Like, I don't know why they're just so scary. I guess it's because they just they can do so much damage. <laughs> they are not easy things to kill in D anD. d And if I recall correctly, they've got a lot of immunities and resistances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if if you're listening to this and you're not a D anD D person and you're like, "What in the hell is a mind flayer?" Mind flayers are like these creatures that are humanoid, but they have the head of a squid. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're a very Cthulhu like yes. bad guy. And uh, they're, they're very, they're very interesting. Um, on uh, the horse feather saga for as the dice roll, we actually, there, there is a, a background mind flayer character um, that will be coming up soon. But, I, I'm not afraid to to spoil it with that because you have never seen a mind flare like this. And it oh, makes me wait. so happy. Like Drew is just ridiculous when it comes to his um his his characters and the way he looks at the D D world. Like I have never met somebody who can say, All right, well, what can I do with this that just makes it fun and ridiculous? As much as I look forward to hearing how we sound with our campaign after listening to his first one and the level of f bombs he dropped, like I can't wait to the next one. Well, I, when I started editing it, you know, the very first thing he does is drop f bombs. Like, uh-huh. like it's the very first sentence he comes out with, right? And wasn't it? Uh, just let me know when you're recording. And you said we're recording now, and he's like, "Fuck." I'm like, yeah, several, several of them in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I was like, I'm leaving this in here because I think people need to know what they're up against. <laughs> I want to set the tone early on. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so how, like, how much prep does it have to, like, is it really hard to get all that stuff streaming when you're, when you're playing D and D online? Okay, so here's here's my setup. I have um, I u- I have all most of the resource books on D and D Beyond, which is a good site to build your characters on, mm-hmm. so that any any special equipment you give them out of the Dungeon Master's Guide or Tasha's Cauldron, any of that, they can just add it right into their character sheets. Mm-hmm. And over on Roll Twenty is where I purchase the modules. And inside the modules is all the maps you need and the actual text. And um, what are they called? The character cards for the enemies, you know, all that stuff can pop up over there. I can send pictures of things over to each of the players 
And basically what I do is I've got my DM screen up on the left side here and on the right side where I've got my uh, OBS that's capturing everything. Mm -hmm. I've got a second browser that's logged in as a player so that everybody watching on Twitch or YouTube or whatever I'm doing with it can see where the characters are, where the enemies are, you know, distances. That's what's great about Roll20 is you can drag a marker and it'll tell you how far you are from something. So, you know, if you're moving within your, your, your actual movement speed. Mm -hmm. So that's where all the visuals pop up <clears throat> is in that secondary window. So I'm not spoiling anything for the audience with the GM side. Cause the GM side, I can see everything hidden monsters, hidden traps, all that kind of stuff. And so I use the player view so that it's fresh for the, the Twitch stream. And also so that any of the players that happen to be, you know, have the Twitch stream up in a separate window, aren't cheating. Right. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a lot of like, I have to make sure all of that lines up properly every week just to make sure nothing quit working. It's just like streaming games. Only I'm having to juggle a lot Mm -hmm. Like I have one, like anywhere from five to 20 different tabs open from, you know, different character sheets to monster sheets to maps to, yeah, I really need a third monitor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Monitors, monitor space is, uh, is definitely at a premium when you've got all this stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, see, I maybe I'll just swap my two, maybe I'll just swap my two monitors for like a sixty-five inch widescreen. I highly recommend. <laughs> just use a TV and just segment everything out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to remember because I feel like I just went to their their um, website and they've only been around since 2012. I'm trying to remember what we used in the nineties. There was something, it didn't work very well, but I thought it was world 20, but maybe it was something else. Uh, I have been told that um, wizards of the coast had their own thing before roll 20 come along and done it right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now there's obviously other, I won't call them copycats, but do similar things to roll 20. You've got uh, dungeon fog is one of them. Now theirs is really good because they have a um, intuitive map maker that seems to work yes. better than what's built into Roll Twenty. So, yeah, I've seen that. I remember because I just remember again, like we were talking at break. I I played Marvel. My first um, tabletop role playing game was Marvel Superheroes in the nineties when I was in college and late nineties, and um, you know we did it on um, AOL. And I remember when our our GM figured out how to do like it wasn't real 20 it was RPG something, I think. And we were so excited because we could see where our characters were on the map. <laughs> it took like 20 minutes for them, him to move one character for one space over, but it was great. Uh, it's kind of crazy how far we've come in just about 20 years. Yeah, I can't wait for quarantine to end so I can maybe find an Adventure League pickup group in a local shop and play it physically. I've never played D&D physically. It's always been virtual. I have played it physically once, and it was kind of neat. I had a group of seniors at my old school who really loved it. They were talking about it all the time, and I was um, trying to not drive home at peak 
hours where traffic was going to just be ridiculous. So one of the other teachers who has this, I envy one of the teachers at my old school, a good friend of mine has had a, the same role-playing group since he was in high school. Oh, and even though they're mostly married with kids and a lot of stuff comes up, they usually can at least once a month get together in person and play. And to me, that's kind of just amazing. But uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, I, he was, but I don't want to, I don't want to GM. I'll, I want to play because I never get to play. I'm like, all right. So I had like maybe four students and him and we ran it. It was uh, 4E, but uh, you know, he brought all his gear and we just, we just had a ball and it's the only time I've ever played live. Everything else I've played has always been online. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. We never finished it, but you know, the, <laughs> as soon as finals hit and graduation was coming close, we were like, "Yeah, we're we're wrapping up. <laughs> Nobody has time for this." Um, when uh, when you're streaming and you've got this community, how how is the do you, do you ever get feedback from from your viewers? Do they are they good about coming with feedback or? Well, when it was, you know, me playing video games, got a lot of feedback, a lot of flat kind of thing. But with, with the D&D stuff, as long as everything's like I'll occasionally get in chat. Hey, uh, we can't see where the characters are. You didn't move it, which mm-hmm. which is kind of an inside joke. Now, it's just a shift click because I hit shift on the keyboard and I click on the mouse on my DM screen and it pulls the player screen to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So that's got they'll just give me a shift click. I'm like, oh, my God. but as far as actual feedback not really i mean usually it's you know cheering things on when things happen it's you know excitement not not a whole lot of complaining or real real feedback to be honest with dnd now uh do you have do you have a favorite creature to throw at people like you get excited about a certain kind of monster that when it comes up on your, on your different modules. Oh, anytime I can throw a dragon at someone. Yeah. Nice. Um, I will tell you an experience we had with tomb of annihilation. Um, I, I made a joke about, um, they were like, Oh, we can take on anything. We can take on anything. And I stumbled across a zombie T-Rex and they were like, somewhere between level two and three at the time, uh-huh. just, just venturing into the jungle. Ah, oh, we can take that. You won't throw that up against us. Yeah. And I almost one shot one of my characters. Uh, let me rephrase <laughs> that. He should have been, he got hit so hard. He would have went from fully healed to perma dead. And I, I just couldn't do that to him. Right. Not, right. It was like session two or session three. I'm like, I can't do that to you. I'm, I'm not that kind of DM. Right. No, so I mean, the, zomb- the zombie T-Rex is fun, but anytime you can introduce an intelligent dragon into the story. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. It's so, it's so funny because I, I honestly believe in order to be a good GM, DM, whatever system you're using, um, you have to be a fan of the characters and you have to want them to do well. Like if you're going into it to, to like total, total party kill, it's it's a it's a way to play <laughs> it's like yeah. play, it's a little bit more video game at that point where it's like can we survive this but if you're going in as a storyteller um you want them to succeed because you want to get to the next section of the story and so yeah right. there's a little bit of a dice roll f- um fixed you know it's okay 
it's it's hard to go from a group of adventurers to a group of legendary heroes if you're killing one of them every other week. Right, right. Because you're having to rebuild bonds between individual people. People get frustrated. Well, that's, I've always wanted to play a bard and it died in the first episode. And now I'm stuck playing his cousin. It's a a rogue and I just don't like it. Let them play what they want to play. And if, if they want to die to, because they're not liking that character, yeah, work something out. Be creative with it. Make them, have them help you write the story to kill off that character in the way they want them. If, if they want them to have a hero's death, if they want to make a, a valiant sacrifice, work with them on it. Yeah. I had, one of, my guy, I had one of my guys last night who came to me. He's like, look, this is going to sound very, very crazy. And I'm not going to give specifics, but he, he wants to at, you know, in a couple levels, multi-class into something that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I tell him, I'm like, look, I support you in this. I will do whatever I have to do storytelling wise to make this happen. But you have to understand that this is a, a hard, hard character arc you're creating for yourself. Because mm-hmm. he, he's coming from a, a race and a class and trying to pivot hard into he's basically going from a support class to a to a. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you, he's going from a, a half orc ranger to a cleric. Okay. And is it, is it a naturey type cleric? Oh, no. <laughs> Cuz that I mean I'm like, oh that that's not too bad of a story transition. I mean, I can I can see that kind of working. But no, no. He, he's he's le- it, it seems like he's leaning more towards the the healing battle mage type cleric. I'm like, dude, for lack of a better term, you've got to find Jesus. <laughs> because you're you're a woods dr- dwelling ranger. <laughs> you live off the land and, and now you're going to tell me you, you're finding God. You're going to have to come up with something. Oh my God. At that point that like I would have, I would have accepted the gauntlet you threw down and I would have created half work. Jesus. Like <laughs> I would have been like, yes, please don't give him any ideas. <laughs> he, he has fallen in love with this character and he has created such gems as uh, barbecued rat and sock wine. Sock wine. I. Uh, they, mm, mm, I don't. I. Mm. <laughs> oh, you gotta love those players, though. You gotta love the players that are like, okay, I know you want to do X. I think Y would be so much more in character. So I'm going to go do that and hope you can follow me along. I, I love any time they can contribute. And yeah. like if they start, if I, I will, I will literally stop my storytelling and allow them to build, have, you know, build their interpersonal relationships because I love to see that. Like mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. It's, I, I like that when it comes to books and movies, it, it's nice to, to see the moment in which they click from people traveling together to friends or, you know, battle buddies, or I haven't really had a whole lot of relationship type stuff, but it would be cool to see a relationship, you know, form naturally in a story. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think you would really like the powered by apocalypse stuff. I really do think you would. It's, it's, it started with, um, um, 
uh, what was Apocalypse World, which okay. was a role playing game where we where where you use um, playbooks instead of character classes, and so the playbook has all the different moves that your character can make. But it's very much set to a very storytelling kind of idea, and the idea is very Mad Max. So that was the first one that came out, gotcha. and so somebody was like, "Well, can I do that with D and D?" So they made Dungeon World, which is Apocalypse World, but for Dungeons and Dragons, and, or for for that fa- high fantasy campaigns. And same thing, you just you have these playbooks, and they kind of tell you what your characters can do. We're interested in telling a story, and in that, um, you basically sit down and you build the world together. You're like, okay, so your character is an elf. So tell me about elves in this world. And they kind of start establishing parts on the map and you kind of draw the map out as you're going and you kind of create the different places that they can go within their scope of knowledge. And then you as the, um, I don't remember what they call, I know in Monsters of the Week, it's a keeper, but I don't know what their game master is, but their game master kind of just helps flesh out the stuff that they are creating as they go. And it's a really neat system. Okay. That sounds a lot like the approach that friends at the table took. Well, that friends at the table is a powered by apocalypse. I did not realize that. I thought it was dandy. Yeah, yeah no, it's um, at okay, least, that it, explains at least one of their, one of their sessions is I think their first session is, um, but yeah, there's, so, so there's like dozens and dozens of different, because it's kind of an open source system, dozens and dozens of systems out there. So any genre like that monster of, of the week is a powered by apocalypse game. And uh, it's, it's really neat to have that storytelling element because you can just let them kind of create little chunks of the world. And, and it's a very much, a, it's a team sport. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, absolutely. it's not all on the GM. Yeah, it sounds like not really the the type of system you want to go with someone who just wants to be a murder hobo that doesn't really feel like building a story. Right, exactly. Everybody has to kind of be on board that you're going to kind of use improv rules and yes and and let things, you know, you you have to go in with the understanding that you're working together to build something and not that I my character is the star of the show and let's kill things. Yeah, that sounds extremely interesting. Right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. No, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff. I'll send you also send you some of my stuff because okay. it's it's some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, that it's it's neat to be able to build those those characters. And you do you find it hard to come up with kind of your own storytelling elements when you're using modular? Oh no, it. it it is a lot easier for me to build on what's already there than mm-hmm. to expend the brain power to come up with something unique. Mm-hmm. Um, when we ended the lost mine of Fandover, we did, I did branch off into homebrew for about six weeks, but it was so time consuming on top of trying to start the electrical department at my company that I just, I'm like, look, we're going to have to find a module and go with it because I do not have the brain power for that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and naturally literally the session zero, the transition from you know the lost mines into the new campaign mm-hmm. was a Sapphire dragon flying through and spraying ice down the road, you know? 
like I said, yeah. I love throwing a dragon at them. And they were like, oh my God, how are we going to fight a dragon? At, I think they're level five. Mm-hmm. Come to find out the dragon was actually a friendly. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you, do you have a lot of, um, do, do you have a, a wild cast of characters in the background of your campaigns or, or are they kind of like, well, this is a character for this particular story and then we'll move on. Or do you get them back for reoccurring appearances? Um, right now, because of just how spread out the three campaigns are literally the tomb of annihilation takes place on the Island of Chult, which is way off the sword coast. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. hard to bounce people back and forth. Um, I have reused a few characters from time to time for flavor. And there is, so one thing about the integration of Twitch and D&D I did not get into is there is a website called Streamloots. And basically you as the, the streamer build a card collection. And the the sky's the limit on what you can do with these cards. I took a lot of inspiration from Captain Robert, who is a Twitch partner now. Mm-hmm. He was over on Mixer with us, and he does he does all all of his stuff is homebrew. Like he's doing it full time now, and he I mean he's just an amazing storyteller. But so basically, you build this this Streamloot card collection and a lot of the things you can do for D and D is like I come up with one called angels whispers. It just adds plus three to any non damage roll, mm-hmm. or you can do cards for, okay, this grants one D for inspiration. And the way you get each one of them, be, because it's a big thing in D and D success and fail is each card based on rarity and how powerful it is. You set a DC of whether it be, you know, they got to roll a 12 or an 18, or if it's something epic, they got to roll a nat 20, you know, mm-hmm. and built into my stream bot is the ability to trigger a D 20 roll. So whenever they play a car, a D 20 roll automatically hits and, moderators have to you know tell them okay hey you succeeded or you know that kind of thing and <clears throat> a lot of the cards they can grant it to a specific player in the game well as you can imagine there has been a lot of min maxing with items out of the dmg guide so there's a lot of supremely legendary epic items floating around in a modular campaign So from time to time, um, things will pop up and it will just get absolutely obliterated, which you would think is, oh, okay, that wasn't as tough a battle as it should have been. They're not going to have as much fun. And they just like, they lose their minds. Like, yeah, we kicked its ass. It didn't have no no right stepping on the field with us. So naturally at times I have to increase the difficulty just based on the fact that I have created a party of gods with a (laughs) quick. So, so is this, is this, Oh, I forgot where I was even going with that. So because of that, these characters are carrying around a lot of legendary gear that doesn't have weight to it, Mm -hmm. but nobody in the group can do anything with it. So in Dragon Heist, you run across a shopkeeper who goes by the name of Zoblob. And if I'm not mistaken, Zoblob is a famous mind flayer from an older campaign or something like that. Um, He's just this little, uh, what is he, a? deep 
rock gnome, I think is the type. Mm-hmm. And he's just got this, this, um, affinity for purple. And as soon as I met him, I'm like, look, I'm going to use this guy as, as the, um, impromptu floating shopkeeper. So he has popped up in all of my campaigns. Nice. He's just a wandering traveler who pops through. He's a magic user. He can pop through a portal, you know, mm-hmm, blink, mm-hmm. you know, boop, boop. So, and the characters are always like, oh my God, my bag is full. Has anybody seen Zoblob? And then, you know, I've got to find a way to naturally bring him into the story. It's a lot easier in the Waterdeep campaigns or anything on the main coast. But when it, when it's, when they're in the middle of the jungle, it's like, come on guys. I, it's kind of hard for me just to pop him out of nowhere. <laughs> it's not as, it's not as genuine as you, you tripping, you running across his shop in Waterdeep or his traveling cart in uh, Fandelver or something. He hasn't so popped funny. up in uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden yet, but he'll be there eventually. That's great. It's fun because because you can have fun with like, all right, well, they want it here, and it really doesn't make sense. How do I make it make sense? And you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I, we, you, and I need to talk more more uh, RPGs because I think we're coming from different directions. And I think I've got a lot of stuff that you would kind of find interesting. And I think uh, you have a lot of stuff that I would just be fascinated by. So <laughs> I don't think this is going to be the last uh, gaming conversation you and I have. <laughs> you said you do or don't. I don't, I don't think this oh, is going to be. I was like, yeah. you think this is the last gaming conversation we're going to have? Like that breaks. My no, I think my mic cut out. Cause I said, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this will be the last conversation <laughs> yes. that we have. I think we'll have uh, quite a few because I think we've got some stuff each other. will really find fascinating. It's awesome. That's outstanding. Well, thank you for, for visiting with me this morning. It's been nice to be able to hang out with you and just chill. Well, well thank you for having me on. It's it, it, I've been, uh, I sat there through 2020, like who is going to be the first geek to geek to have me on now? Naturally I was on Rob's old comic books way back when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the first time being a geek on a geek to geek podcast. I'm, I, I just had an absolute blast. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. And I think, I think the big thing is, is I need to, I need to catch up. <laughs> I, I had to have Todd on. I haven't even done void and uh, Katie for um, Disney forever. Like, uh, which, which is just a treat to listen to. It is so funny. Like me and you are, I think I know we're older than Katie and I think we're a bit older than void. Yeah. But, you know, th- that whole, Oh my God, I can't believe they put out things like old yellow. And I'm like, dude, that was like, it was like, that like molded us as kids. Like it, it some people are traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a- yeah. My dad was not a stranger to the old Disney live action stuff. And I was just like, hey, yeah, I've always known about that. What do you mean? You just learned about old Yeller. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because we, we mm-hmm. grew up with it. Like if you had, did you have the Disney channel at all? At some point? Yeah. Yeah. It, they, they put out so much stuff that was old when we we're watching it. <laughs> it was old when we were watching it. And so I can't imagine what it's like for people who didn't grow up with that to just kind of all of a sudden go, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Any shout outs for this week? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess what I would do is shout out Laurel K Hamilton, author of Anita Blake series. If you've heard of her, you've probably read some of her stuff and you either love it or you absolutely don't care. If you're looking for a nice long drawn out series, that's going to, take up six months of your life it's a great one to get into and she does an outstanding recap job at the beginning of the book like it's never you know you go through the book you know 
you know, Jack and Jill went up the hill to catch Bella water. They met Sam along the way kind of thing. And then she just regurgitates it. She mm-hmm. incorporates the retelling of previous stuff into the story in such a natural way. I mean, she's so good. That's awesome. And, I love finding then, new stuff like that. You know, outside of that, I just got to shout out my wife. She, she's an amazing person who has put up with my geeky addiction for 17 years. And mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't ask for anyone better. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you on, on spousal shout outs this week. I, I want to shout out to Matt who has been, um, you know, putting up with a, a considerable amount of time <laughs> of me behind the computer editing <laughs> and being very patient and, uh, and bringing me snacks. It's, it's very nice. He's very supportive. So I want to throw that out there. Uh, next week, we are going to have our first stab at WandaVision. I'm sure it will not be our, our last, but uh, we're <laughs> it'll be interesting. I, I, I will ask that. I, I'll let you and Ray have the intro, but if we if you could bring me in for the wrap-up of that, I would love that. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. We can definitely do that. Um, yeah, so next week, WandaVision. Uh, if you have any thoughts, let us know. We also have a fun uh, little game that we're going to play. Uh, we're going to announce it next week with the WandaVision episode and then we'll we'll bring it back for all your feedback on either its own episode or on the wandavision wrap-up episode so nice so that's kind of exciting all the music in this episode is by ben sound and is being used under creative common license you can find more music by ben sound at bensound.com geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast tea time with katie and chelsea disney forever you can't stop me loving k-pop the nerdberg review my hgtv addiction uh, JRPGs and me, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob, and also our newest podcast, As the Dice Roll. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, and the wonderful Bamashox. Me! And, <laughs> and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Bama, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on literally every platform at Bama Shocks. I, I did very well in branding that name four years ago, <laughs> and it has been able to stick. And also in the near future, Les Go Fishing on YouTube. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for hanging out with me this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great. And for all of you listening this week, keep it geek. <laughs>